Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Fantastic. Glad to hear. How are you, Phil? Not very good, actually. Phil's not very good. Why are you not very good? Because you're... Not feeling great. No. Do it. Do what? Do it. You know what I want you to do. I actually have no idea what you want to do. Let's sit with girls. What? (laughs) I'm sick. (laughs) He's literally been doing that for the last two days. I didn't know that's what you wanted me to do. I'm not actually sick. I've just got a bit of a cold. Yeah, so pardon Phil for the sniffles. I'm going to do my very best to not sniffle at any point. Do you want to sniffle really loads now because you're thinking about sniffling? Why are we no. saying sniffling, by the way? What do you mean? Is sniffling a word? Well, it's an action. Sniffle. You sniffle. Yeah. Or snuffle. No, that's not. <laughs> I don't snuffle. Sniffle. What else could it be? Breathing. Reggie snuffles in his snuffle mat. He doesn't. He just bites it a bit. <laughs> drags it around the kitchen. But what I was saying is it's snuffling's a word. Well, snuffling is, yeah, but so snuffle. Sniffling. <laughs> funny words, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic words, yeah. Word of the week. But it doesn't, it, it's not a good action to have because it means that you don't feel too good. Which no. is me. So apologise. I don't know, my voice might sound very different. You know, like when you're really. Uh, see, I think that nasal voice is just something we put on. Like <laughs> really a moniker on friends. Yeah. When she's ill. Yeah. I'm feeling really ill. Yeah. I don't, maybe that's not changed my voice. Maybe that's how I actually sound right now. I'm actually not ill. It's I just can a little bit that cold. You don't sound like that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> I think this might cheer me up and make me feel better. I enjoy doing the podcast. So. By the end of this, I might be feeling chirpy and positive and happy. Chirpy. Yeah. Like a bird. No, like um, like just just feeling chirpy. <laughs> like a bird. No, because that's the noise it makes. Like I'm just going to feel. I'm going to feel that noise, am I? I'm just going to feel good. Does a bird chirp or cheep? Well, I'm not going to feel good if you keep asking it's me to define words. Chirp or cheep. <laughs> I'm not going to feel good if this is the way that we're going we're to do back. the whole pa- podcast. We are back talking about vocabulary. We're not. What are we talking about today, Jen? <laughs> Talking about how leaving your comfort zone will change your life. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it is. Like, I spent so many years sat in my little comfort zone. In your little bubble. In my little bubble. And mm. my bubble of the comfort zones. Um, Will you get off your phone, please? We're doing a podcast. I'm not on my phone. That's an, what, what's that in your hand that you're on? A device. A device, brilliant. I was actually doing not disturbing it, so it didn't make a noise. should have done that before. We need some professionalism, please. Talk oh, about... I'm doing my laptop too. Um, yeah, so um, thinking about your comfort zone and leaving it. Because do you know what happens when you leave it, Phil? No. Change your life. Fantastic. Absolutely change your life. Do you know what, as well? I feel like it's one of those statements that, like, oh, get out your comfort zone, it'll change your life. People just say it, and it's like, yeah, but does it actually? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And also, how? Because it's one of those statements that everybody makes, like, oh, yeah, you need to come out your comfort zone. Well, all right. But that's like saying, oh, to be rich, you need to be 
you need to have a million pounds or to lose weight you need to be in a calorie deficit stop telling me stuff mm-hmm. like stop telling me this stuff like this result like telling me how like i want information i want a process i want to know how to get from a to b do you want me to tell you some of the things that our clients have done since leaving the comfort zone please do we've had people going on roller coasters who've we never have. been on roller coasters before yeah people climbing snowden yeah um after not particularly having much faith that they could yeah uh we've had people buying wetsuits and going um freshwater swimming in scotland and putting those wetsuits on to social media yeah um, well, pictures of themselves in it not just may the have seen them yeah um we've had uh, i don't know the one in my head then that's gone we've had people buying different types of clothes we have so um things that they never thought they would all kinds of greatness. I know after lockdown, we had a lot of clients who chose to wear certain items of clothing around the beach, around the pool, yes. that they wouldn't have done previously because they would have thought, well, I don't wear this much and I don't look like that, yeah. and therefore I can't. And summer clothes as well, lots of people in some like shorts and... Oh, a big one, wearing bright coloured clothes yeah. instead of black. Yeah. Because they feel comfortable to be seen. So many different ways that people are... Leaving that comfort zone. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Honestly, it's great. And do you know what? I think when... Oh, another one. One of my clients had... Um, one of uh, your clients? Sorry, one of our clients. Thank joint you. effort. Yeah. Do you remember we um, run this together? <laughs> do you remember who I am? Do you remember um, me? Well, she was kind of scared of bridges and heights mm. um, and has actually um, crossed bridges with her family, crossed bridges on her own... I, so these are actual things that are meaning that they're doing things that either one they've never experienced before or two is making the quality of life or the quality of life for the, them and their family mm. better and that is life changing isn't it i think that's the thing as well like when we talk about our comfort zone we've got to remember that it's different for everybody we've just yeah. given about 50 different examples that are of different things like crossing a bridge and wearing a bikini around the pool <laughs> so different like they couldn't be further apart in regards to the actual action itself but those two people or those people were it was a, it was something there was a wall in the way that was stopping them from doing it so it's really important that we think that you know leaving your comfort zone doesn't have to be going speaking in front of thousands of people mm-hmm. like the usual you know leaving your comfort zone has to be it can be anything and i find that we often get we get stuck in that comfort zone because Without being insulting, because me and Jen have been there, it's really easy and it's really safe and it's really comfortable, as the name shows, the comfort zone. It's a really comfortable place to be. Uh, to be. And usually the reason in which we get stuck there is because it's not that we're choosing to kind of be where we are. We're actually fearful of what might actually happen if we leave that. Um, we worry that potentially if we was to go and do something that there'll be a a negative response that there'll be a negative action so like if i cross that bridge something bad will happen to me if i wear a bikini something bad will happen to me if i go into the gym something bad will happen to me we expect a negative outcome and it's often our own thoughts that then hold us back isn't it we we start to tell ourselves stories and what happens is we tend to build it up so it's like right well if i go and do that this will happen if that happens it's going to make me feel this way and if i feel this way then that's going to happen and then this will happen as well off the back of that and then this terrible thing will happen as well mm. and and it could be that those thoughts and beliefs that are holding you back are based on something that actually did happen absolutely so we've had like people feeling uncomfortable to exercise outside 
because someone had made some comment on them mm-hmm. when they'd done it before. And that was a, a thought and belief that was based on one kind of action. Yeah. So, uh, a, again, another example of that person now regularly exercises outside and doesn't care what anyone thinks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and but, it's a weird one as well because sometimes it's perceived. So it's like, well, I can't go to the gym because the last time I went, everybody looked at me. Yes. Did they? Did everybody look at you? Yeah. And it's a difficult one because we've held on to that belief maybe for like 10 years. So like, yeah, yeah, they did. Honestly, they did. Have a think back. Let's go back through that process. Did everybody look? Well, not everybody. Well, who looked? Well, I didn't really see anybody looking, but I just assumed everybody Mm. looked at me. And often we can then hold ourselves back from doing something that we actually potentially really want to do because for 10 years we've been telling ourselves that something happened that didn't. But often, as well, as Jen said, it did happen. There was something that happened. Someone did say something that made us feel that way, but it's just important we explore that, Yeah, and I think it's sometimes that one thing we then generalise potentially to other areas of our life as well. 100%. Um, But I think... The first step with leaving your comfort zone is to think about the situations that actually make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So that, like Phil's kind of touched on this, is different for everyone. 100%. Because for one person, it might be putting on certain type of clothes or certain colours of clothes make them feel really uncomfortable. For another person, it might be, as we said, going out to exercise is something that triggers that feeling of uncomfort. It might be doing a long walk. It might be... Um, actually starting to think about your emotions and how you're feeling a lot of people a lot of um the ladies that we work with feel quite uncomfortable firstly doing that and it might be going to a new place like there's so many different situations i can't even like i've just picked a few that there's a million and one we kind of speak to people on the little and burn team about that that is not even the extensive list of them um but i think if you can think of all the situations or things that make you feel uncomfortable and create an anti-bucket list. I love this. Yeah, do you want to talk about this one a little bit? I just think it's Because you told me about it and I loved it. Yeah, so we all know what a bucket list is. It's a list of things that we want to do and we often have like a, you know, 30th birthday bucket list. Things I'm going to do before I'm 30. I might just have a life bucket list. Things I'm going to do before I die. What a terrible thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we know what a bucket list is. So an anti-bucket list is as it says, the complete opposite. It's things that we don't want to do because we feel uncomfortable doing them. And we create a big, huge list of all these different things. So as Jen's just said, we're in certain clothes, going outside to exercise, uh, walking somewhere, um, doing, uh, you know, going to somewhere new, thinking about your emotions, all these great things, and putting those on a list and calling it your anti-bucket list. And then working through those and actually exploring all these different avenues and all these different things and all these things that we've felt uncomfortable doing and actually going doing them. And we know it's not that simple and we are going to run through how to do that in a second, but um, it can be incredible. And there was actually, I read a story, or no, I heard a story about a guy who wrote an anti-bucket list and one of his was he was afraid of needles. And so on his anti-bucket list, it wasn't to actually, you know, have an injection. It was to get, um, I can't remember what it's called now. Acupuncture. Acupuncture in his face. Because he was that scared of needles, he was like, well, that's something that I could never do because I can't even get a needle. Like, I physically can't have an injection. So his anti-bucket list was like another level. It was like further on. It was like, how can I make it really, really, really tough? So it wasn't just about getting an injection. It was about going that one step further 
And then all of a sudden, getting an injection wasn't really that big of a deal anymore because he'd had needles in his face. He didn't go straight to the acupuncture, though, did he? He didn't, no. He took steps to do that. In fact, this was somebody who was stuck inside with uh, anxiety and was in a really uh, difficult place. And that's what led him to do this because he actually, the reason he developed it was because he was stuck inside. He had anxiety, he was scared, he had real bad social anxiety, he didn't want to leave the house. And what he found was the reason that he was in this position was yes through you know previous trauma but it was also because he was building it up and building it up that he needed to go outside to a social event so what he did was instead was he said right i'm just going to open the front door that was step one yeah and when he went and opened the front door he was like right, i've handled that i've ticked that off step two step three step four were more and more and more and eventually he got to a point where he walked 100 meters down the road to a bench which to somebody you know listening to this who's potentially not going through that you might be like well, walking 100 meters down the road to a bench isn't a big deal but, but when you've not, yeah. not left the house, it's a pretty who, big deal. Yeah, in fact, I think I could be wrong, but I'm sure at one point he didn't want to leave his bed. So mm-hmm. to get actually 100 metres down the road was huge. So he did a similar thing with the injection. Uh, he eventually got to a point where he had uh, acupuncture in his face because it was like taking it to the next step. It was, right, what feels uncomfortable now? Because getting an injection in his arm, all right, it was probably physically uncomfortable, but mentally it wasn't. It was like, well, I can do that now. So what's the next step? What's uncomfortable yeah. for me? And it was almost like a anti-bucket list 5.0 because you just kept yeah. going and going and going and be like right well now that that feels comfortable what feels uncomfortable how can I keep stepping outside of my comfort zone I feel like that highlights that point though that like each little step builds your confidence doesn't it yeah and I think that's that's the the key point is starting with those little steps to just build that confidence and that self-belief absolutely it's it's working out you know right what am I actually you know uncomfortable doing how can i make this something a lot smaller something that i'm maybe yes still maybe a little bit uncomfortable doing but nowhere near as uncomfortable so like one of the best and most relevant um kind of examples is going to the gym you might feel incredibly uncomfortable going onto the gym floor going over to the squat rack putting a barbell on your back and doing a barbell back squat that for you you might have heard me say that and go there is absolutely no way i'm doing that absolutely not a chance so step one might be doing a squat in your living room because that at the moment might be where your uncomfort lies because you don't know how to squat. It doesn't feel comfortable doing a squat. And again, I don't mean physically, I just mean mentally, like the idea of doing it. And you might build that up and there might be a 10-step process from you doing a squat in your living room to actually get into the gym. And then there might be another 10-step process from you get into the gym to you going doing a squat with a weight and then another 10-step process that takes you from there to go and do a barbell back squat but what's really important is that it's not a case of right just go in and do it it's about working out what's the next step where do i go next how can i now take the next step to that next thing that i want to get to yeah and i think it can be easy when you're feeling uncomfortable to find excuse after excuse but because again that that those excuses help us to stay in that comfort zone don't they they keep us there they make us feel comfortable and one of the first things that we do need to do in regards to the how because obviously i was moaning about it before that everybody tells us you need to go and do this but no one tells us how i think the first thing we need to start doing is to try and quieten those voices that are in the spiraling around swirling around saying don't do this don't do that if you do this this is going to happen this is what other people think yeah this person will think this about you and they're going to stir and watch and then mm-hmm. they're going to th- and then they're going to tell the pal they're going to go home and they're going to say this person in the gym today did this or this person did, did they that. look awful in that outfit and yeah that. she looked terrible in that dress like right first question is that true is all these th- are all those things true are you know 
are we, have we got any evidence whatsoever to support that belief or that thought? Anything whatsoever to support it? The answer is 100% of the time is no. You might Not have a previous... No, what I'm saying is... <laughs> oh, right now. You might have a previous, yeah. but right now in the moment, it's not true. We have no evidence to support that or believe it or have any evidence to support that that thought is true. You might have a previous where, and again, that's where that thought's come from, but right now in that moment, yeah, we're moment. telling ourselves a story because in the moment, we're sat in our living room thinking, I can't do it and I don't want to do it and if I do it, this is going to happen, but we can't have evidence or proof because it's something that's in the future. You know, wearing that dress, going to that pool, going to that gym. It's a future action. I want to tell you about Sally and how she managed to turn that around because uh, Sally is the person who uh, we mentioned before about going in the wetsuit and getting in the sea in the wetsuit and that was such a huge deal and she was like, before I even joined Little and Burn, I wouldn't have even considered buying a wetsuit, never mind getting in the sea with it. Um, and she was very hung up on what other people thought or might think um, and I'm just going to read out what she put in her weekly update last week. Uh, there were plenty of people milling around as I walked to the beach to, see, to the sea and I didn't once think for a minute that people were looking at me negatively. Instead, if anything, I felt like they might be looking, thinking, God, I wish I'd had the balls to do that and, she, and doesn't she look like she's having fun? That is a perfect example of reframing a thought like that. And it's the perfect example of mind reading, isn't it? It's like, yes. that person's looking at me because they think I look silly. We have no evidence, we have no proof of that being true. What we've done is we've seen somebody looking and gone, yeah, they definitely think I, they, they think I look silly. They think I, I don't look good in this and they think that I'm, you know, either, I don't know, I shouldn't be wearing it. But we don't, that's not true. We don't have any proof or evidence of that. So and as Sally Liv, said, they yeah. could be looking at us and going, Wish I, I wish I could wear that. Wish I had the confidence to put that on and yeah. do that. And in reality, that person who's thinking that does, they have the confidence as well. It's inside them, it's there. As it was inside Sally, it was there. Yeah. It was just bringing that out. And it was an incredible way for her to reframe that. I absolutely love that. It's good, good, good example, that one, isn't it? Absolutely. I think, actually, I find it really helpful to um, label, when I get thoughts like that, actually label them and say, oh, yeah, no, I'm mind reading there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I find that really, really useful because... This is a huge one for me. And when we had the conversation about the anti-bucket list, I, the first thing that came to my mind was um, going to new situations or going into a situation where I didn't really know what the outcome is. So, like, like it's a huge thing for me. Like, if I'm going somewhere and I don't know where to go or what I need to do when I get there or who I need to speak to or... Um, I remember this happening when I started golf. Oh, really? I had a golf lesson oh. and... I remember Jen saying like, oh, you know, like it was like 10 minutes before it and we was having a chat about it and she was like, we were just kind of talking about the lesson and what I'd be doing. I was like, not really sure. She was like, do you know where you're going? I was like, well, I've never been before. She was like, well, who do you ask? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, how do you get to the place? Like, once you get there, where do you go to find your instructor? I was like, I don't really know. Well, what are you going to do when you get there? I was like, just ask someone. Who, how do you know who to ask? I was like, I don't know, someone wearing the uniform. I don't know. And it was that idea of like, in my head, I was just going to go in and go up to someone and say, excuse me, I've got a lesson with John. Um, how do I find him? Where is it? Whereas for Jen, it was, there's not a chance that's an actual action that I'm going to take. Like, there's no way I'm going to walk in and say to someone. In fact, it wasn't even that. It was, 
not knowing what to do when you got there, would it? If you had yeah. that lesson, it'd have been like, well, I need to know where I'm going, what time, how to get there, yeah. what I do when I get there. Like, you, you need to know all those little like steps. Even like knowing where the toilet is before I get up to go to a toilet in a restaurant. Yeah. Like, I don't want to look like the stupid person who can't. I think I've got better at that now. I just go up to someone and literally I will just go up to someone and say, can you tell me where the toilet is, please? And again, that's another mind reading thing, isn't it? Because yeah. nobody knows where the toilet is if you've never been there If I'm before. wandering around the middle of a restaurant looking for the toilet, no one's going to be like, what the heck is she doing? Oh, what idiot. She doesn't know where the toilet is. <laughs> what, how but stupid you... she? Did she not build? Did she not read the blueprint of this restaurant? Does she not know where everything is? Of course she doesn't know. <laughs> it's fine that she doesn't know where the toilet is. But I think that's like a huge thing. Like a huge thing for me. Like I think I've told this story on the podcast before about like going to, when I joined a new gym and I didn't know how I was going to get through the door and I nearly didn't go because of that reason. The pin. You yeah, didn't I didn't, to, I didn't yeah. know how to use my pin to get through the door. And I was like, well, what if I can't get in? Yeah. And like, my mum had to talk me into it at the time. But I've got two examples of how... So this is the first thing I'm tackling on my anti-bucket list. And um, the first thing I did was... Uh, it was actually after the conversation that we had about the anti-bucket list, wasn't it? Uh-huh. And um, we, <laughs> we'd we we'd got a few freebies from the McDonald's Monopoly. To be honest, um, a few. We had like 25. <laughs> a few. <laughs> I think there was nine. There was, there was a lot. <laughs> they were very kind on the uh, freebies this year. There was? There, there was so many, like, free bag of fries, free bag of nuggets. Or maybe we just went a lot. <laughs> maybe that was the case. Yeah. Um, so um, we had quite a lot of them, and I was like, well, what what if there's a limit on how many you can use? How Like, how do I know, like, whether... I need to, like, give them in at the thing. Do I need to tell them when I get them? How do I order free nuggets? How do I order free chips? How do I order a free drink? How do I do it? And I was like... I was like, Phil, um, will you you drive so that I I don't have to do it? And you were like, no, Jen, this is your time. (laughs) I literally was like, one of our big values at LNB is to live outside your comfort zone. I want you to go and live outside your comfort zone. That is actually what you said to me. And the good thing was you went, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I was like, I need need to do what I say I'm doing and that's the thing you got to the speaker and was like I've got loads of free stickers she went alright okay what I was are like, they can I use more yeah <laughs> and she was like what are they and you told her and she was like alright drive around to your first window and there was no there wasn't a story to tell on that no, there's no story not. to tell it just we just got food yeah and then my second example was um, I if you've not seen on my Instagram I've just signed up to a beginner's jujitsu course and he was like first of all I don't even know how to say it but is it ghee I think so. So it was like, um, it basically like the pajama things that you put on. Um, it was like, can you come down before it starts to try any gi, um, and see if it fits, and then it's all ready to go on your first session. So I was like, yeah, perfect. So put it in my sat now, fine, not bothered. Like I'll be fine. I'm just going in to try something on. Um, and I got the. Could I find the place? <laughs> it took Standard. me. 20 minutes to find the place and genuinely at about 10 minutes in I was like I'm just gonna go home I'd messaged the guy on Instagram he hadn't got back to me I was like clearly he's teaching a class like I'm just gonna go home and I was like no Jen what can you do like I was like right okay and because there was two turnings it looked like it was on the second turning but like there was more going on on the first turning so I was like, I'll go back to there and see if there's anyone I can ask and they know so I perked up there's a guy that I asked him he was like it's around the other side I was like, does it look like it's down a, a dark alley that there's nothing at the bottom of it? He was like, yes, I think it will do. So I went round, I drove down. It was terrifying. There was no lights. I couldn't find the place. Finally saw it. The door was blacked out. There was a tiny sign. I was like, right, okay, this is it. Walked in. 
he was in the middle of teaching a class. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to leave. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's fine. So I stood in a corner for a bit and all I was thinking was everyone's looking at me standing in this corner thinking, what is she doing standing in that corner? And I was like, actually, no, they're probably just listening to him because he's currently teaching them something. <laughs> um, they're not bothered about the person stood in the corner. And then as soon as he finished, I stood in the doorway and he was like, oh, Jen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hi. Um and it was fine. And then I had an even worse moment when he was trying to tell me to put it on and I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. And I just kept telling myself it's fine. And then he was reassuring me, saying, um, it's fine, this is why we do this, so that you know how to put it on when you get yeah. here. And I was like, right, okay. <laughs> and I think that always comes back to that idea of that's the point. Like, you knew. You're not... Mm. Like, if you're already good at putting a gi on and you're already really good at jiu-jitsu, why have you just signed up to a 12 class course on a beginner's beginner's jiu-jitsu yeah. what you should be going to the advanced one yeah and i think that's how i always remind myself like this level of uncomfort that i'm feeling right now i'm supposed to feel this and it's only a negative thought or a negative feeling if i choose to make it a negative thought or a negative feeling if yeah. i go into something like using jen's example and being like oh my god i don't know how to put a gear on I don't know how to use. I don't know how to do use. I don't know how to do. I don't know how to use Yeah, I don't know how to do do it. I'm not going to be good at it. Well, yeah, that's why I'm at the beginners course. That's what I'm here for. And pretty much everybody else is in the same boat. And if I go in and someone's really good at it, well, they shouldn't be here. Like it's not me that shouldn't be here. They shouldn't. Like they're not challenging themselves. They should be going to the intermediate or they should be going to the advanced. And ultimately, it's them that's in the wrong place, not me. I'm in the right place. Like I'm in the place where. This is a challenge. This is tough. And I heard a really good quote the other week that said, if I go into a room and everything feels really comfortable and easy, I'm in the wrong room because I'm not going to grow here. I'm not going to benefit. And it was a little bit like starting this podcast. When, like, I don't know if you, who's listening right now, listen to the very first episode, but I would imagine the first episode, hopefully, wasn't as good as this one. Shan't listen to it to find out, though. No, but it shouldn't be. Like In, in reality, like we're on episode 52, is it, right now? I'm doing it a year, yeah. So we're on episode oh, 52. one year old. Anniversary. We, like, by episode 104 and 156, like, two years in, three years in, I'm hoping they're better. Like, I'm hoping that this is the worst... This, this episode should be the worst it's ever going to be because episode 53 should be better and that's all right like and i think being comfortable with that being comfortable with the fact that it's supposed to be uncomfortable when you start is what enables you to grow and get better mm-hmm. and, stuff. and like i remember when we first started doing this and we'd sit down and we'd like over plan it and there'd be so much writing on the page and we'd sit down and we'd like it, it would probably be a bit awkward whereas right now it's just like we plan it it's not that we care less it's just that we've probably got better 52 mm-hmm. episodes in and that's the same with everything you walk We're across more that, comfortable. Yeah, you walk across the first bridge, the next bridge is gonna be easier. It's gonna be more comfortable. You climb up Snowden, a bigger mountain will be more of a challenge, but Snowden is now not as uncomfortable it was as it was, and any, anything smaller is now more comfortable. You put a bikini on and walk around a pool, I guarantee the next time you put it on, you'll be a bit more comfortable doing that. You go in the gym. Like there's so many examples. I always say your first session at the gym will be uncomfortable. Your second one will be less uncomfortable. Your 100th, you might be feeling pretty comfortable by then, but nobody ever gets to the 100th gym session if they don't do the first one. Mm. I think what the goal is right now is that you don't think about how can I be comfortable, it's how can I be comfortable with the uncomfortable? How can I be okay with the fact that this isn't a negative feeling? This is normal, this is is how I'm supposed to feel. Yeah, I'm going to grow, I'm going to progress. I'm going to grow like a little flower. And as you said before, it's not about 
putting needles in your face. It's not about going to the absolute extremes. You don't need to speak in front of 10 million people to become confident at speaking to somebody. You need to speak to somebody and that will help you. Take the steps. Yeah, interestingly, another quick example is um, I was telling one of my friends about this and then a few days later in the group, she we were trying to decide where we were going to go for tea one night when we meet up and she was like, no, we were deciding between two places and she went, can we go here? I think it'll be better for me. And she was like, do you know what? That was me ticking off one of my starting points for my anti-bucket list because... I'm working on being more assertive and decisive. And I was like, that is sensational because she did it in a safe place. She knew that me and my friend weren't going to turn around and go, no, we're going here. Like she knew that that was a safe space for her to do, like start, take that first step for that. And I think that's what it's about. It's going, where, where is a safe step that I can take to ease me into feeling more comfortable in that uncomfortable? Right. Now it is time to make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Put me on the spot. I feel red. Palms are sweaty. Palms are sweaty. Weak something, something. Knees weak. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I hope one. it's um, sing some Eminem lyrics because <laughs> I've nailed that already. We can get straight onto the joke. Um, this is a question from someone on Instagram called Jen. Don't think you know her. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not ask myself the question. Um... So this question is a good one and it is, in 40 years, what will people be nostalgic for? The Little and Bird podcast episode <laughs> 52. <laughs> I hope. That's a good question. I love that. Isn't it? So, so like, like, what will they be like? What will like they hear or see? nostalgic for... Um, floppy disks. Floppy disks, uh, Tamagotchis, Betty Spaghetti, Polly Pocket, Sabrina the Teenage Witch Getting magazines. your hair braided on holiday. Getting your hair braided on holiday. What are you going to be nostalgic for in 40 years? So I think there's tons because I feel like we're at a point where there's like loads of things changing, like cars are all of a sudden becoming like yeah. driverless. Oh my goodness, yes. So we're going to look Petrol back Petrol cars? Like, yeah, like someone's going to be like, what, you used to drive? Like imagine like kids being like, what, you used to drive your own car? You ought to actually drive it yourself. Flipping, oh, you're going as far as like driverless cars. I, I was out. just, I was just thinking petrol cars. We've, we've got them. There is driverless cars. Oh, stop. They're knocking about everywhere. So 40 years, we're going to be nostalgic for people driving cars. Like, Hang on, what do you mean you drove your car? You didn't have your own private jet on your, on your drive. No, <laughs> I didn't. No, like, that's not a thing. That's a good one. I like that one. What, you had, you had social, what social media? What's that? Like, you, there was a thing where you like, you just spoke to each other online. Because like, right now, we're nostalgic for like, MySpace. Yeah. Like, oh, I saw such a good tweet. You're going to love this it was somebody saying there was somebody tweeted basically saying wouldn't it be great if when you went onto someone's instagram profile and like a song came on um <laughs> somebody replied saying oh my god we've actually got to the age where people don't know what myspace is oh no because that used to be such a good it thing did, you I put your own that. song on and you get on there and it play a little tune like, oh this is this person's favorite song Looks yeah great. i loved that and that's people now don't know what that is no i'm glad that top nine's gone though yeah <laughs> What else were they going to be nostalgic for? Um, they will be... Not, uh, what else is happening right now that... I, I mean, phones, what are they going to be like? Yeah. We're going to... Because if you think... Like, I'm already nostalgic about a 3310. I think we'll have, like, internal chips or something. What do you think? <laughs> like, our bodies will just become a computing device or you something. You just, like, press your ear and it <laughs> yeah. rings someone. It's just, like, instead of OK Google, it's like, OK ear, and it just, like, <laughs> rings somebody or something like that. Um... But yeah, I think my nostalgia in 40 years, I reckon we'll all be sat around talking about social media. 
I reckon it'll... I don't think it's going to disappear, but I think it'll change so much that we'll be like, what, like, Instagram? Remember Instagram? Remember that what that thing was? Or, like, if we're already nostalgic about MySpace, we're definitely 100% going to be nostalgic about whatever Instagram is that now. That wasn't even 40 years ago. That was only, like... Yeah, no, it was, like, five. No, 15. 15 years ago. Scary, that, isn't it? It is terrifying, thought. But yeah, I, I do always wonder, like, what social media going to be like in, in, like, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And there's oh, no way... nostalgic about 90s as well. What? Like, 40 years ago is the 1980s, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny when someone says 30 years ago and you think it was 1970, but it's not. It was 1991. 1980? It's 40 years ago. What happened there? I don't know, it'll happen. It's born in 91. A lot of people nostalgic about that. People are always nostalgic about that. Music's the big one, isn't it? I was going to say music. Like Elvis, the Beatles. I'm not saying they were in the 80s, but I just mean like that. Like music's like an easy one to be nostalgic about, isn't it? Because it reminds you of a time and a place. 40 years time, we're all going to be wearing the same clothes that we're wearing now. I hope not. I hope I've got some new trackies and a new hoodie in 40 years. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the 70s and the 80s are... Maybe not the 80s. I feel like the 70s are make it, like, making a bit of an appearance. That was 50 years ago. You're wearing flares right now, aren't you? I am wearing flares. And a denim jacket. And uh 80s rock top, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So I reckon we're all going to be wearing... We're going to be wearing 80s clothes in 40 years' time because, no... Now, I reckon 90s clothes have made a comeback now. Well, we all have our oh, hair Oh, braid. someone's got an email. That's because I just had to um, play it to work out what it was up to because Reggie started barking. Oh, so I had to unmute. little dog. Apologies. No. So yeah, there we go. 40 years, we'll be looking back and we'll be thinking about social media. Whilst wearing the same clothes. Whilst wearing the same clothes. <laughs> but different clothes, but the similar clothes. Same style. Not the clothes. same clothes. Yeah. I'm going to keep them. Oh, yeah. Give them to the kids. You're not, because there's no room in the wardrobe as is. I'm such a hoarder. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm a clothes hoarder, because I'm like, oh, that's good, that. that'll come back in. I'll wear that at some point. Yeah. I'll talk with seven holes in. You won't. <laughs> okay. Right. Learn, so a joke. Learn it all, learn it. This one is from Sally. Yeah, okay. I feel like she's got a lot of her, a lot of her time this week, Sally, she hasn't she? she? Yeah. Dedicate this podcast to uh, Sally. I feel 52 <laughs> to Sally's version. This one's a good one as well. Voice. I love this one. Yeah, it does sound like very smooth affair. We've been listening to a lot of classic recently, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Right. Can we just clarify why we've been listening to classical music? Because we love the violin. <laughs> You're now thinking about when I said the other day that Reggie could play the violin, yeah, aren't you? That's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking about. Uh, no, we listen to it because it calms Reggie down, doesn't it? Yeah, so we've been trying to leave him on his own as well, haven't we? Yeah. And we've been ringing him from, like, my phone and putting it, like, on mute so he can't hear us, but we can hear him. And um, there was violins on thinking on the TV on the classical classicals of the FMs, um, and I thought it was Reggie, and Phil was like, "No, it was a violin." So then we started talking about. Imagine if we got back and Reggie was just stood up on the couch playing a little violin. Well, what I actually said was, "You said was that Reggie?" And I said, "Well, not unless he's learned to play the violin." And <laughs> since we've left the house, then no, it wasn't. That's all. Right, learn it or burn it. Yes. There's ten cows in a field. How do you know which one's on holiday? Oh. It's the one with a week off. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I feel like you needed a better accent from that. Well, I was going to carry it on you because have. Sally said, My hubby thinks it works better in a Northern Irish accent. You have. And I was like, Well, I can't do a Northern Irish accent, so I'm not going to be able it to do that. It definitely works better in an accent. But she did say, 
he came up with a very different answer, which I think is hilarious. He thought long and hard about it and said, I don't know, because one's browner than the others. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic answer. Love I love that one. That was brilliant. Learning so, it or burning it? Uh, I'll learn that one. Fantastic. Week half. The week half. Week half. I can't do a northern I can't do any accent apart from Wigan. <laughs> Wigan with a cold is Not the accent scouse. I can do. I can do a bit of scouse as well. It wouldn't sound good in scouse though, I don't think. You say bye in scouse. Say bye in scouse. No, is that it? No. I'm trying to understand why you want me to say bye. It's nothing to do with the joke. Oh, because we're finishing the podcast. <laughs> I was like, what's that got to do with the week half? I don't get it. The week half. No, because you hate it when I do it and I don't interrupt her. Okay. Right, thank you very much. This isn't my scouse accent. I'm just saying bye. Appreciate you listening. Say bye accent. Appreciate you listening. Yeah, this is my wigan with a cold. Um, have a fabulous week. Thank you for listening. Make sure you rate, subscribe. Get comfortable in your uncomfortable and do your scouse voice to say bye. No. Do it. I, I, no, I can't do it. I've got a cold. I keep saying it. I physically can't do accents with a cold. That sounds like an excuse. I'll tell you what, I'll do the whole accent. I'll, the whole accent. I'll do the whole podcast in scouse next week if no. it helps you. Yeah, you like that, right? No, no, because we might have somebody from Liverpool listening, thinking I'm insulting them, and I'm not an insulting person. Oh, you just doing an accent? Got a real bad cold though. <laughs> just one word. Every time I ask you to do an accent, you say you can't. Try though. Go on then. Uh, what do you want? Scouse. Chicken. <laughs> you just said one word. At least go with a sentence. Say. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Always <laughs> go so high, bitch. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey. Bye. Have a fabulous week. Make sure you rate, subscribe, like, share, do all those things that you can do Sorry with the podcast. If you're and we'll catch up with you next week. Bye.